Hey guys, this is me. Did you move today? As-tu bougé aujourd'hui? Je te mèchiste aujourd'hui. Il va se mouvoir ici. Welcome to the Did You Move Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. This time I have Anastasia Holden as my guest. Uh, she joined the Joffrey Ballet in 2005. She was born and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ms. Holden was first interested in international folk dance and started a ballet at the local YMCA at the age of seven. She began serious study with Judy Rice at the University of Michigan. Since joining the Joffrey, Ms. Holden has enjoyed performing in many ballets, um, including Cinderella, La Valladere, and so forth. In 2010, Ms. Holden co-founded the nonprofit Enbark, a three-year program that provides community-driven, experience-based learning opportunities to low-income high school students to inspire and prepare them for college and career success. Her other interests include reading, traveling, cooking, and crochet. She will tell us more about it in this episode, so I'm very excited to be here since she is she is amazing. So let's get started. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Is it is it better? Is it less? Yep, it's perfect. Yeah. Okay, I took my headset out. No, it's it's perfect. Thank you very much for your time. I know you had a, a lot going on, and May was a huge month for you, and you you were you you had a lot going on. So I'm very I'm very happy to have you here, and I'm I'm glad you you also took the time. Yeah, of course, my pleasure. So um, if you can tell me a little bit about, about your uh, movement journey, how did everything started for you as a dancer? Sure. Um, I started dance when I was a kid. Um, my mom taught international folk dance. And instead of paying for a babysitter, she brought my older brother and I with her to class. And after a while, we would get tired of um, reading our books on the side. So we decided to both get up and hop around with the adults. Um, and so after that, she enrolled us both in dance. I started ballet when I was seven and my older brother did tap and clogging. I did those as well, but I focus more on ballet. Um, and then when I was about 13, I started attending summer programs, which is pretty typical of the path to becoming a professional ballet dancer. Um, they're usually put on by a company and you get to train with former dancers and the ballet staff of those companies. So I did those from when I was 13 through 17. And then because the, it was looking like I could have a professional career, I graduated from high school early and finished training for a year in Atlanta with a prima ballerina named Mania Barreto. And then when did, when did, what happened after that? What happened after you training under that prima ballerina? Did you already started working at Joffrey or you started? Yeah. So, so my original plan was to spend another year training with her. Um, but I went to a summer program where I was on full scholarship and the principal of the, that program thought I was really talented and knew that Joffrey was looking for somebody to do seasonal work, which was like a six week contract. Um, so I, she arranged for me to send a video and I sent a video of myself performing and they offered me a contract for a period of three months actually, after which point they just kept renewing the contract. And I spent 
after that 14 years at Joffrey. Wow. Yeah. How do you, as a performer, do you, do you, did you deal with a lot of injuries? Um, how yeah. Do you, yeah. Yeah. So um, in general, there's a lot of wear and tear when you're repeating dance, like choreography. It's not always about having a balanced body. You repeat mostly in one direction, the same moves over and over. So you can create a lot of imbalance actually. Um, so most dancers will experience injury um, ranging from mild to severe, but I never had injuries that took me out completely. I had injuries that were painful, but could be worked through. Um, so I, I had stress reactions in both of my shins at various times in my career, which caused was, you know, from my love of jumping, but also jumping incorrectly. And so I had to do a lot of um, strengthening muscles that are not used a lot in dance or at least in ballet in order to get that balance back and fire off the floor correctly for body mechanics so that I wasn't injuring my lower legs. So it was a whole, both times it was a retraining process of how do you jump in a more healthy way for your body? Now, how was your day to day? Um, from like the morning until the evening as a, as a, as a performer, as a professional, yeah, as a professional. Um, so we had a, a few different schedules based on whether we were actually performing that day or not. Um, so a typical rehearsal day with no performance, we would do a training class, which was an hour and a half from 9:45 to 11:15, And then we would rehearse from 11:30 till 2:30 have an hour for lunch and then rehearse again from 3.30 to 6.30. And that would be in a rehearsal week, five days a week. So it was a pretty intense schedule when you think of all of those hours, standing on your feet, dancing around, engaging with other people physically. It was quite an intense schedule. Our performance schedule was had less hours of the day. So we would always start with that hour and a half of training. And then if we have one show, we would have two hours of rehearsal and then the performance in the evening, which of course would run from 7.30 to 9.30 or 10. Um, so it was a later day than our typical rehearsal day, but less hours because we wanna be in a little bit better condition to, for the last part of the day, which was the show. Now the majority of uh, tr the majority of training was ballet classes and rehearsals. So learning choreographies. Did you ever? Did you had other kind of classes like strength and conditioning or uh, Pilates or things like that? Or no? Those classes weren't built into our day, but we did. We do work with Athletico Physical Therapy, and we had about three hours of physical therapy per day, not per person. Um, they were broken down into 10 minute slots. And then if you have a serious injury, you would probably go into the clinic and spend an hour with the physical therapist to work on your exercises a little bit more in depth. Um, but then we also were lucky enough to have gym memberships provided by the Chicago Athletic 
clubs Mm -hmm. so we could take cross training classes like pilates or gyrotonic or go swimming something that's like nice low impact um cross training and then you started just want to make sure that i understand like you started to become you became a professional dancer when you were 13 no, 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 sorry. I became a professional dancer when I, I moved to Chicago when I was 17 to join Joffrey and I started on my 18th birthday. And since then, you like you didn't stop? Yeah, well, I spent the next 14 years with Joffrey and I retired about two years ago. How was your social life uh, during, you know, when you were a professional dancer? How was it? Because you mentioned that you had basically rehearsal every single day like five five days a week yeah I mean I think that there's um like any working environment you become really social with the people that you work with Mm -hmm. and I think when you're dancing with people there's an even more special kind of connection because to work with somebody physically um is an understanding of another person at a different level that for example if you work in an office you're never going to know about the person that you're working with to have to move with like move in unison with them or if you're working on a pas de deux partner with another person and work through how to create the movement together how to do the turn together how to do the lift together um it creates a really special kind of bond not to mention then sharing like these incredible experiences performing together on stage. So the social life at a ballet company, yeah, there's not a lot of time outside of the environment, but within the environment, you create such strong bonds that I really feel like I have extremely lasting friendships from that environment. Do you have any advice for um, dance students that are currently working towards the for a you know a bachelor's in dance or um, a professional one that wants to become a professional dancer? Do you have any advice for them? Um, um I would say <laughs> it's a lot of hard work, so. Um, yeah like the the determination is important but also diligence and and I would say you have to I think also in life you have to try to focus on working through the things that are most challenging to you instead of sticking with the techniques or the tempo of dance that you feel comfortable in because you're going to improve the most when you're challenged and the least when you're comfortable. Um, So I think that that can be applied in dance all the time, um, but also in life. Now, how about the, how would you, to prevent injuries, how how would you, how do you prevent injuries? Um, I know you said that you 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 were also you had uh, the opportunity to to work with physical therapists. Yeah. But on top of that, did you do any strength and conditioning or any you know 
and you yeah well i mean the the physical therapists definitely give you strength and conditioning exercises and in particular for ballet um it's very everything is done in external rotation so your legs are rotated outward and your arms are held in a rotated position and because of the, especially in the legs, because of that external rotation, we tend as ballet dancers to strengthen muscles only in one direction. And it weakens muscles that, you know, we're trying not to engage our quads, we're trying not to engage certain muscles, but it's important for balance, for a balanced body to have still strength in those muscles. So a lot of like glute and core strengthening is super important for ballet dancers. I mean, it's super important for everybody, but um, just so that they are always engaging with the strongest muscles they can be engaging instead of using weaker muscles that would lead to injury. Like like, Like ballet dancers use their adductor a lot. They use it as an external rotator and a hip flexor. And if you don't support the adductor with other bigger muscles, because the adductor is really small, you're gonna, you know, hurt yourself. Is there a specific um, activity that you would recommend? Like a like specific exercises? Yeah, specific exercises or specific um, methods or, or forms? Um, I actually really like gyrokinesis and gyrotonic, which is, uh, it was created by a dancer and it is really focused on core strengthening through movement. Um, it feels really good to articulate your spine that way. Um, also just like I think the best thing for me were my PT exercises that used resistance bands to rather than something like weights to strengthen the muscles of your body okay now right now you're currently teaching traveling um how has been your experience so far to be on the other side It's been really awesome. Um, I've had some amazing opportunities to travel and work with other professional companies. Um, What I do now is I teach choreography, not my own choreography, but existing choreography that I've danced at Joffrey. I teach that to other companies and then prepare them for their performances, which is really incredible you know, traveling is awesome, but also to experience the different working environments of other companies that I've heard of um, is, is, and work with a lot of different dancers and be able to give them some of my knowledge from being a professional. It's a real, it's a real gift to be able to give that also. Um, So yeah, it's been really great. Would you rather perform or would you rather teach um they're really different experiences I I miss dancing on a daily basis although I still do dance myself and teaching is quite physical um 
but I feel like any performer knows that the it has a it has a end date your performing career and that's one reason why you have to really soak in the experience when you're doing it um because you're not going to be able to do it at the same level forever and so I think I really I'm happy that I had a I did have a really great performing career and I feel like I took full advantage of those experiences and enjoyed them really fully so that I could walk away and be okay saying I'm not going to perform anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. But of course you miss it. It's, it's like an experience you can't get in another, in another situation. Are you, what, what are you currently practicing uh, for you? What, what do you do? What are, what are your, 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 what's your hobby? My physical hobbies? Yeah, physical hobbies. Um, so I still take ballet class sometimes. Um, and I do a lot of yoga. And I recently started, because I missed dancing, I started taking salsa classes. Yes. Super fun. Super fun. What are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on, on, on yoga? Uh, it's, um, a really great way. So yoga really appealed to me because physically it is, although you don't move quite as much as dance, it's, it demands a lot of technique and body placement that I found appealing because it was what I was used to doing in dance. Um, plus it centers my mind a lot going through retirement retiring from dance is a lot of change and a lot of feeling of loss of identity because of course I'd been dancing since I was five and I had had professional dreams since I was about 12 or 13. Um, so it felt like I was changing or I was losing something that was a really important part of my life. And so having yoga there for balance and stability was really important to me now can we talk a little bit about embark is that how you yeah. pronounce it embark yeah it's an acronym it stands for empowering minds building achievement and reconnecting communities oh okay all right <laughs> so can, can you repeat that one more time i want to make yeah. sure yeah no problem empowering minds uh-huh. building achievement and reconnecting communities so how does that start like how, how do you start with that uh so I in 2010 was quite good friends with um two teachers who worked at Harper High School which is in West Englewood um I don't know if you're familiar or your viewers or your listeners will be familiar, but West Englewood is a really one of Chicago's worst neighborhoods. It's, you know, where the nickname Chirac came from. Um, in the year that we founded Embark, This American Life had done a two-part podcast on Harper High School because in one school year, 39 kids were shot who attended the high school and eight of those kids died. 
Um, so you can imagine it's it's a really violent neighborhood, lots of poverty, lots of issues with gangs and drugs. Um, so I knew these teachers at Harper and they looked at their students and saw some of the most inspirational people as well who were dealing with trauma that as adults we can't even imagine. Um, and what they felt was that there was a lack of experience and opportunity. And that was the real reason that we, we weren't seeing students invest in college and high school graduation. So they started taking their students on trips to kind of make the city a classroom, you know, based on the, the idea that experience is the best form of education. And it, there was an immediate change in their students and an immediate investment in education because when you show somebody the possibilities that life has to offer, of course, they're going to invest in it. But if they only have this very narrow, very narrow vision of what life can be and all of those things are negative, of course, they're going to they're going to go in that circle, you know. Um, so we started the three of us started it together and kind of a very organized, uh, detail-oriented person. And so I did a lot of the back-end kind of business management. I do accounting and HR. I write grants. Um, so I kind of took that piece. And then the two other teachers, one became the CEO and one became the head of the pro, like the director of the program. So we kind of like became this trifecta and started Embark. And it's been a, a crazy ride. We're almost celebrating our nine-year anniversary and we are going to be in 19 low-income high schools next school year and serving about 1,050 students. And you guys teach them everything or what, what kind uh, of classes? We work within the school building um, and we actually utilize the extra period that was passed when Ron became the mayor mm -hmm. he added like a 35 minute period to the school day so we use that as an embark class and we've written a whole curriculum for that class but that class is taught by teachers within the school mm. so that we can capitalize on existing student teacher relationships um, it's really important for students or all people when they come to learn to have a supportive and trusting environment. And so using an existing relationship with a superstar teacher is gonna create the right environment. So we, we are using teachers at all of our different schools. How can we get involved with that, uh, Anastasia? How can, we, how can we help? How can we spread the word? <laughs> Good question. Um, so, I think the best way would be to come, we have a, on our website, we have a get involved button and you can like, if you are a business and you want to have students come to your business and have an experience there, you can like submit a partner request form. Um, we don't have a ton of volunteer opportunities since we're working with public school students. Um, the volunteers need to be really heavily vetted by CPS to make sure that they can have contact with students. Um, but, but certainly partnership for businesses or experiences are awesome. And then 
you can get involved and come to some of our events, kind of learn more about what the program does. And of course, donate. we're a nonprofit, so donations are how we exist. Um, so those always help. And the website, is it Embark.com? Um, it is EmbarkChicago.org. That are okay. All right. Yeah, I'll make sure to, to check it out. Yeah. Um, anything else that you would like to share uh, with people as far as Embark? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's an awesome program. We're making a – we have an average – 97% graduation rate across all of our graduating classes. So it's been a really successful intervention when you consider that most of our schools, they start out with something like a 60% graduation rate. So our kids are really like phenomenally surpassing this their peers at school. And that's really because of the power of experiences making a difference in people's lives. Would you ever consider teach uh, teaching dance or ballet for those public schools or not really? Um, I would, although I think that like, um, for example, Joffrey has an excellent outreach program and they work in tons of public schools. Um, I think if all the way from elementary school through high school, they have tons of programs for students. Um, so I don't, you know, like I wouldn't want to step on their toes because Correct. it's also their area of expertise. And of course I do teach dance, but Embark is like a little bit of a different kind of program. Um, so I would personally consider it, but it's not something that Embark does. They don't teach like ballet class. Although we have had students have experiences and like try yoga before and like try Bollywood dancing before at, with some of our partners. I want to be very mindful of your time. So I have four more questions. Sure. Um, the first one is, do you think that there is a lack of science within the arts? Um, I think, do I think there's a lack of science within the arts? I think it's all about how an individual chooses to work within the arts. Um, so for example, when we talk about physical therapy, there's a ton of science behind the study of body mechanics and kinesiology and things like this. So it, it's about then, you know, we're learning from our expert, which is the physical therapist. And then it's about the dancer applying that science to their body. So do I think there's a lack of science? Not necessarily. I don't think it's always the primary focus. And I think that more and more we're seeing um, collaborations between hospitals and dance companies to try to understand body mechanics better and create better relationships and then better outcomes for people who are physical with their bodies. Um, so I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a lack, although I don't think we're doing things like chemistry, you know? Great. Now, did you move today? Did I move today? 
I started this morning with a few sun salutations and a short meditation, but I've been at work ever since then. (laughs) Now, what's movement for you? What is movement? I think movement can be anything. Um, I think what makes what what is important about movement is being mindful of, of it. So walking is movement but when you're mindful of walking it changes the experience and that's what would make it movement oriented for me rather than just getting from place a to place b is the mindfulness where can we find you online where can you find me online (laughs) i don't know um i have instagram is that is that what you mean yeah, we get Instagram or if you have your Embark website. Oh, yeah. Well, you can, check can out, you can check out EmbarkChicago.org. Um, and my Instagram is Anastasia Holden. And that's, that's how to, I guess that's how to connect with me. I don't have Facebook or anything. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, so it's Anastasia. Is it Anastasia? Anastasia. Anastasia. Okay. All right. Yes. So I'm correcting that. Anastasia. Yeah. Um, So thank you very much for your time. I'm very happy that Steve uh, connected us. So I'm very very excited that that happened. Um, And yeah, again, I I am. Thank you very much for your time. It's always cool for me to talk to people that have a lot of knowledge and especially to a professional dancer. Absolutely. So thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. All right, guys. I hope that you move today. And if you haven't, you still have a couple hours.